0: Private Joseph Plum Martin leaned into the icy wind, pushed one sore and aching foot ahead of the other, and kept on marching. With 11,000 other weary soldiers, he was trudging up the Gulf Road, a rutted dirt path that would lead them to a place called the Valley Forge, where the Continental Army was to take up winter quarters. For the past week, they had marched through the wintry Pennsylvania countryside in snow, sleet, and freezing rain, toting muskets, knapsacks, and canteens, shivering in the bitter cold, their empty bellies growling and protesting in hunger. They lacked warm clothing and blankets, and they slogged along the road in shoes that were falling apart. When their shoes did give way, the men continued to march on bare, bleeding feet. A division commander reported to General George Washington that half his men were walking barefooted on the ice or frozen ground. That's how Private Martin would remember the march years later. The army was not only starved, but naked, he wrote. The greatest part were not only shirtless and barefoot, but destitute of all other clothing, especially blankets. When Martin's own shoes gave out, he found a chunk of raw cowhide and made himself a pair of moccasins, which kept my feet, while they lasted, from the frozen ground although, as I remember, the hard edges so galled my ankles while on a march that it was with much difficulty and pain that I could wear them afterwards. The only alternative I had was to endure this inconvenience or to go barefoot, as hundreds of my companions had to, till they might be tracked by their blood upon the rough, frozen ground. But hunger, nakedness, and sore shins were not the only difficulties we had at that time to encounter. We had hard duty to perform and little or no strength to perform it with. Martin had just turned 17 and was already a battle-tested veteran. A Husky Connecticut farm boy, he was only 15 when he went to town with some friends and enlisted in the Continental Army in June of 1776. The Revolutionary War had broken out the year before when British troops and Massachusetts Minutemen fired on each other at Lexington and Concord. Young Martin watched enviously as older boys joined up and marched off to the war. He was eager to call myself and be called a soldier. I had collected pretty correct ideas of the contest between this country and the mother country. I thought I was as warm a patriot as the best of them. I felt more anxious than ever to be called a defender of my country. So at 15, Martin realized his ambition and became a soldier. It took General George Washington's suffering army with its horses, cannons, wagons, baggage, and equipment a whole week to cover the 13 miles from their temporary encampment at White Marsh to their winter quarters at the Valley Forge. When they arrived on the evening of December nineteenth, 1777, the place seemed desolate, even haunted. This wooded wilderness, one officer called it, the soil thin, uncultivated, and almost uninhabited, without forage, and without provisions. The campsite was a densely wooded plateau about two miles long, bordered by steep hillsides and the swift-flowing Shilkill River, which served as natural fortifications. Scattered about were a few small houses and some patches of deserted farmland. The whole area had been stripped of food and forage by the British, who had destroyed the old iron forge on Valley Creek that gave the place its name. Washington had chosen the site because it offered plenty of timber with which to build wooden huts for the winter and because it could be readily defended against an enemy assault. It was also reasonably close, about 20 miles, to Philadelphia, the proud capital of the rebellious American colonies and America's largest city, which had been captured by the British three months earlier. As the American troops at Valley Forge, half-starved, thirsty and numb with fatigue, pitched their ragged tents and huddled for warmth beside sputtering campfires, the British occupiers of Philadelphia were eating heartily in the city's numerous taverns and sleeping comfortably in billowy feather beds. Washington's fellow generals had argued sharply over the selection of winter quarters. It was vital that the Army remained close enough to the capital to keep an eye on the enemy and, if opportunity arose, to retake the city from the British. When his officers couldn't agree on a site, Washington chose Valley Forge as the best available compromise. It seemed a dreary kind of place and uncomfortably provided, the American commander admitted, but he told his soldiers that he himself would share in the hardship and partake of every inconvenience.